Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Hey, it's another edition of Cover Your Assets KC. Walter Storholt here with David Dickens, President, Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors. Find us online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. And we've got a great show today. We're going to be talking about, is it too late to sell my stocks? Have you asked uh, yourself that question, perhaps, over the last couple of months? Uh, You might not be alone in that regard. We'll dive down that uh, topic here in a few moments. David, great to be with you this week. How are you, my friend? Well, I'm doing pretty well. We've got quite a little stretch of heat going on here in Kansas City. I just looked at the extended forecast, and we've got hundreds next week. Hopefully, low hundreds. Ooh. Yeah, low hundreds are better than high hundreds. unusual for us. But, oh man, that does not sound fun, David. No, it is the uh, dog days of July. Who knows what August might bring? Do you have like a pool or anything like that nearby <laughs> you can escape to? I'm not really a pool guy. If you've ever seen my picture online, you know I'm fairly (laughs) light-complected. So uh, that's what they make umbrellas for. But that's what they make umbrellas for. Not so much anymore. Just take an umbrella with you while you go swimming. You'll be all right. Yeah, you just hop in the car and drive to the beach. That's easy for you. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Well, too funny. Uh, I good luck surviving the next couple of weeks. Good news is you get to record the podcast in uh, air conditioned <laughs> units. So yes, that's a good thing. AC is a beautiful thing. That's right. Well, hey, let's dive into uh, our topic today. I imagine you know with the stock market obviously down more than normal. Let's say that this year, and seeming like lots of bad news coming out every week, and lots of people saying things like "This isn't the bottom." I'm sure you've heard people maybe saying. You know, have we seen the bottom yet? Is it too late to go ahead and sell my stocks? Have I already missed the drop? How, how do we know when we're going to hit the bottom? Uh, we, we've heard things like uh, in the past when there's blood in the streets, I should be greedy instead of fearful. Is, does that apply now? Are you getting all these kinds of questions from uh, clients or people that you're meeting with on a daily basis, David? Yeah, it's uh, it's becoming more common as the thing stretches on. You know, we're, we're think of the COVID bounce that lasted you know, three months and it was fully recovered from back in 2020. And the, I mean, the last one of these that we had that was lengthy was 2008 and nine, and that took five years to recover. So everybody's kind of looking around going, all right, which type of downturn is this? Are we there yet? And, and is there something I should be doing now that's hopefully going to look <laughs> pretty smart two or three years from now? It was funny. I, I got an email. I get a lot of, of uh, business emails from Oh, newsletter type things. And one I got today listed six or eight different stories you could read. Two of them caught my eye in relationship to this podcast. One says Bill Gross. So Bill Gross is a, if you have, probably you've heard of him if you're listening to this podcast, but Bill Gross used to run PIMCO. He's like the Bond King. He's super famous. Leon Cooperman is an older gentleman who is a billionaire, multi-billionaire, and he used to work at Goldman Sachs, and he's on CNBC a lot. Uh, and, and so these two headlines I thought were hilarious. Bill Gross favors T-bills over stocks and bonds as recession looms large. And then two inches down, it says, Leon Cooperman favors stocks over bonds despite looming recession. So huh. there are a lot of divergent opinions out there from you know supposed experts to say, well, here's what's going to happen and here's what I'm doing about it. So that's why I thought this podcast, I mean, that just reiterated this morning as I was going through my emails. But 
What we hope to do today, first of all, we're not giving specific advice to anybody because that's not what we do. We don't know your individual situations, but what we hope to do is cast a little bit of light on where are we in this downturn? Is this extraordinary or is this kind of a run-of-the-mill bear market? And are there things that I could and should be doing now that I might look back a couple of years from now and wish that I had done? So, so that's where we're going. Well, let's maybe break down some of the more popular questions that you are getting from people, because interestingly, those two quotes, yeah, both agree that like recessionary environment, but two totally different reactions and uh, action items to take from it. So I imagine the most popular question you're getting is, you know, is it too late to sell? And and maybe the cousin of that question or the, the brother of that question would also be, is the bottom in yet? So how do you answer that when people ask you? Yeah, so the experts will disagree on this because the market is pretty difficult to predict and everybody's trying to read tea leaves. But, and in the quotes that I, you know, these articles I just read the headlights from, two guys with really good track records disagree. One says tea bills, the other says go on into stocks. So maybe the question, I think it was buried in something you just said is, well, have we seen the bottom yet? And if not, what should I be looking for? So my opinion is, uh, based on a lot, this isn't a this isn't an hour and a half podcast, so I'm not going to go into a bunch of the detailed reasons as to why. But I'm pretty sure that we have not yet seen the bottom. So the market. Um, let me pull up a little chart here. We're down about. Um, almost 20% right now. We've had a nice little rebound. The, the S&P is down about a little, about 20%. The NASDAQ is down all, about 27%. And those are off the lows that we had seen a little bit ago. So the low that we're kind of trying to see if it's going to hold is 36.66 on the S&P. Interesting that the low of the S&P during the financial crisis was 666 um, for all you biblical fans out there. Hmm. So we're 3,000 points higher than we were at the bottom in 2008. And the question is, has the low been put in? I don't think so. And I think there are three things that we really need to be on the lookout for if we're going to see that meaningful bottom. One is... Is there strong evidence that inflation is under control? Because a lot of this has gotten um, revved up because the Fed is fighting, you know, runaway inflation, uh, eight plus percent inflation. And we get another read on it tomorrow. CPI comes out tomorrow, the consumer price index. And we're going to see probably that it hasn't peaked, that it's edged up a little bit. And that's going to make the market pretty nervous. And I'll bet that pretty closely coincides with our start to the next leg down. So we have to have some strong evidence that that inflation has peaked, and we don't have that right now. The second thing I think we need to see is we need to see the Fed pivot away from their commitment to raise rates until inflation is under control. So I, I just in the last week, I printed off a couple of what I thought were really strong statements by leaders at the Fed that tell me they are not going to back down here anytime soon. So uh, one gentleman, uh, Federal Reserve Governor uh, Christopher Waller, he says, he goes through, there. it's an it's a interesting litany of things, but he kind of refers back very strongly to the, to the 1970s. 
And he says, quote, we know what happened for the Fed not taking the job, their job fighting inflation, that job seriously in the 70s. And we ain't going to let that happen again, he says. He also said, we got to chop this off now. Uh, the Fed governor from uh, Jim Bullard, who runs the, the Fed in St. Louis, uh, he says it would make a lot of sense to go with 75 basis points or three quarters of a percent at this juncture in order to raise rates to around three and a half percent by the end of the year. So uh, there was another really interesting little snippet I saw. I don't even remember where I saw it, um, but there was a uh, Bill Dudley ran the Federal Reserve in New York back in the in the night in 2008 2009 the financial crisis. He said there is no way he's not he's retired, but he said there is no way that the Fed is going to back away from this because they cannot let let inflation and inflation expectations out of control. So the second thing we got to have before we're going to have any kind of meaningful bottom is we're going to we're going to have to have a Fed pivot away from raising rates aggressively. And we don't have that right now. Uh, Jay Powell, uh, the, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, I also had an interesting little quote from him uh, back in May. Let me see if I can pull that real quick. He says, the last thing I'll say, this is in a, in a meeting with the Wall Street Journal. Uh, last thing I'll say, though, is achieving price stability is an unconditional need. It's something we have to do. These guys are committed. These guys and, and ladies are committed to raising rates enough that it puts out the fire of inflation. And we're not, we're not there yet. But when we see that pivot, the market likely bottoms on that day. <laughs> not a recommendation for you, but something to keep in, in mind. And then... Walter, the third thing that I think will be evidence that the, a true bottom is in is stock market internals. And in, what I mean by that is right now we're seeing lower highs and lower lows. So the market has been ratcheting down basically since January 2. And each time we get a down spike, then we get a little bit of a rally attempt and that rally peaks out lower than the prior high. And then we go down and we set a new low. And then we have a little bit of a reversal and it tops out lower than the prior high. So right now we're in a situation where we keep having lower highs and lower lows. And until that reverses, we are not at the bottom. And typically what happens, if you look at market history, typically what's going to happen is we are going to get a low. Well, right now we have one, 3666 on the S&P. And everybody's wondering, is that going to hold? And a lot of people, for a lot of really smart reasons, think we're probably going to explore around the 3400, maybe the 3300 level. If this ends up being a bad recession, probably lower. But we'll know if, if during this next downturn, if it gets right around to 3666 and bounces off of that, and doesn't set a new low, well, there's a pretty good probability that the low is in. We had a successful test of that low, and now we're probably going to start moving higher. But if it breaks below 36.66, you can almost assure yourself, well, the low's not in, and we're probably going maybe another, I don't know, 10% down from there to test the next 
major level of support, which is around 3,400 or so. That's the way I look at the market. Those three things almost assuredly have to be in place or we don't have a market bottom yet. It's a really good breakdown of the different evidence you'll be keeping your eye on, David. And it certainly feels, you know, you, meant, you kind of describe that graph. I can picture it in my head as you describe it with the, the highs not quite getting there and then the lows dropping a little lower. You, I think anybody visually can kind of see that appearance. Very different. Definitely feels more like death by a thousand cuts <laughs> style of drop than what 2020 felt like where it was just, you know, the jugular kind of got you know disrupted there for a little while and just massive drop, but then you know relatively quick recovery in the grand scheme of things. And so it was just I don't know. Uh, I just think about it from a mental perspective. It was kind of easier to absorb that graph right straight down and then sort of like straight back up at least for a while, at least on a very regular trajectory, than this sort of very slow death where you can't quite tell you know, what's the last piece of bad news that's going to help us bottom out and then get us back you know, in the right direction. I know that can be really challenging then for anybody who's trying to invest in this world and really difficult to tell that true bottom. So instead of exploring this whole idea of selling, should we be continuing to buy and like dollar doing that dollar cost average strategy into the market, even if it does go down a little bit further? Yeah. So kind of back to the old Warren Buffett or, or even Rothschild back in the what seventeen or eighteen hundred said you're going to get a bot. You need to buy when there's blood in the streets. Well, the question is, is there enough blood in the streets right now so that I should be a buyer? So when I think about buying when there's blood in the streets, I kind of divide it up into three different groups of people. So if you're young, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in your twenties, thirties, or early forties, you should be excited about this kind of drop because every two weeks when you get paid you lop another chunk of money into your 401k and you're buying stocks on sale and you're not going to retire for 30 or 40 years, 20, 30 or 40 years. There's a incredibly high probability that what you buy today at these stressed prices is going to look really good 5, 10, 20 and certainly 30 years from now. So if you're young, this is an awesome time to have a downturn. Uh, while you're pumping money into your 401k. If you've got money you're saving for a house that you're going to do in the next two or three years, I don't think that would be the time to buy when there's blood in the streets because you have a short-term use for that money. Now, if you're older and you're a little less risk-averse than the normal person and you have a long-term horizon, let's just say that you've, you've done really well for yourself and you're not going to need the money you have, maybe ever, and you happen to have some bonds or some cash sitting on the sidelines, I think this is a perfectly fine entry point for a long-term horizon investor. Is it going to go down another 10 or 15%? I think it is, but we're already down 20%. So there's absolutely no reason if you're long-term enough and if you have a high enough risk tolerance that you shouldn't start feeding some money in. Not all in one day, but maybe over the course of the next two or three months, you feed money in because you're going to be, you're almost assuredly going to be buying low such that in two, three, four years, you could sell high or just pat yourself on the back and say, man, I'm glad I did that. The third type of person is what I wrote in my notes here is if you're older and likely to panic if the S&P is down 30% a month from now instead of 20% where it is now. But it really, it's not an age thing. It's a risk tolerance thing. So regardless of your age, if you've got money to invest, 
and you can look yourself in the mirror and say, once this market is down another 10 or 15%, am I going to be worried about it going down 80% like it did in 1929 and 30? Well, if that's who you are, then this is a silly time to be allocating new money into the market. You should wait to see meaningful evidence of a bottom. Those three things we mentioned in the middle of this podcast, those are the times you're not trying to catch the bottom. You're trying to reinvest long, longer term once there's pretty clear evidence of a bottom. And we don't have that now. So, Walter, that's how I break it down. Buying with when there's blood in the streets is something everybody wants to do at market top because it doesn't feel bad then. <laughs> well, when it's down 30%, uh, 20%, and it's likely to go down 30 or 35%, you get a lot more twitching, a lot more nervous. And so buying when there's blood in the streets, buying when the market is down significantly is hard to do emotionally. So figure out how you are built emotionally. If you need some good advice, then get some good advice. But we're probably about two-thirds of the way to where this is going. Um, and we don't have clear evidence of a bottom yet. So <laughs> I wish everybody super successful investing. Know who you are. Know what your money is there for. And then invest accordingly. And just remember that, uh, you know, <laughs> all of this is an educated guess, right, David? Like. <laughs> Uh, I think the only th recent thing we need to pull from is all the experts thought interest rates at the beginning of the year were only going to see a minor uptick by the end of the year. Very, very minor predictions. And less than half half the way through the year, we had uh, basically doubled, if not more than doubled on a lot of interest rates and you know hitting 6% and that sort of thing. So they all the experts had to go back and revise and say, okay, our projections have changed for the year because <laughs> completely turned upside down. So very interesting. I'm talking specifically about mortgage interest rates here. I think right. there were predictions. Other things were going to get raised, but just in the real estate world, I remember that being very specific, saying, ah, don't worry about it. Mortgage rates are going to only go up a tiny, tiny bit. Well, not the case. Nope. So, and you look at the Wall Street projection, uh, projections by Wall Street analysts. These, these companies spend hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on some of the smartest people they can find and systems that, that read all kinds of metrics. And they don't agree as to whether we're done, whether uh, you should be holding, selling, or investing. So there is history. The, the rearview mirror is going to tell us exactly what we should have done. What's important is to know your individual situation and invest accordingly. Great points. You nailed it all, David. Great episode. Really appreciate this one. I think it's really helpful to anybody who's just had a little bit of that uh, fear, a little bit of that trying to predict and read the tea leaves and all that kind of stuff the last couple of months. And uh, it's okay to do those kinds of things. Just go into all of these things with eyes wide open. And that's what, uh, David, I think you've revealed for us on the show today. Some good ways to kind of just analyze and uh, anticipate future changes here. So uh, if you have more questions about this or want to put your particular financial situation uh, through the Tumblr, if you will, and uh, work with David and the team at KC Financial Advisors on a plan that can weather these kinds of storms, these ups and downs, and also plan for the future, well, you can get a complimentary uh, complete planning review. David calls it the CPR process. You can get that by going online to coveryourassetskc.com, contacting David through the site, 
That's CoverYourAssetsKC.com or by calling 913-317-1414. That's 913-317-1414. And we'll put the contact info in the description of today's show. David, stay cool. Thanks for the help, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you soon. I will look forward to next week, Walter. Thanks. You got it. New episodes weekly. Come back and see us on the next Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.